Third John, in the back of the New Testament, in Third John, just one chapter, Third John, and the second verse, Third John 2, says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Anybody like that scripture besides me? Isn't that wonderful? Who said that? Hmm? Is that the Spirit of God speaking through this individual? Through John? Could we say it's the Lord talking to us? Should we take it personally and directly? Did he tell us that it was his will and his pleasure and desire above all things? That's a big statement. That we would what? We would prosper. And it's his desire and will for us above all things that we would be healthy. Glory to God. If you just stop right there and you really believed it, it'd make you happy. That the Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, desires above all things for me to be rich and healthy. Huh? Now, I know a lot of people don't believe that. Millions of Christians do not believe that. And they don't care for folk like me that preach it like that. But I haven't changed in decades. I've just gotten stronger on it. And I shall continue to get stronger. Amen. If I really believed it was God's will for me to be poor, then I'd submit to it. And I'd endeavor to be one of the brokest individuals you ever saw. If I believed it was the will of God, if I believed it pleased him, yeah, I do not believe it pleases him. I believe the word says what pleases him. And he told me that he desired above all things that I, you and I would prosper and be in health. I believe that. I accept that. Everybody said out loud. It is his will for me to prosper. It is his will. For me to be in health. health. Let's say that together. Let's say it at least two or three times. Everybody say it out loud. It is his will for me to prosper. It is his will for me to be in health. You believe that? Let's say that again two more times. It is his will for me to prosper. It is his will for me to be in health. Now, everybody should be saying this out loud. Don't just watch us say it. Say it for yourself. Elsewise, you're ignoring and resisting the Bible. Don't do that. Everybody, say it out loud again, real strong. It is His will for me to prosper. It is His will for me to be in health. It is His will. Get it settled. Once and for all. Amen. So that you're not questioning it. You're not doubting it. Right? You're not wavering about it. You are convinced. You have become fully persuaded. Now he tells us how it's going to happen. How does it happen? We're going to prosper. And we're going to be in health as our soul prospers. What's going to prosper our soul? Thank God for his word. His word is life to those that find it. And medicine and health to all their flesh. His word is spirit. Feeds our spirit. Feeds our faith. You got to quit thinking broke. You got to quit talking poor. Prosperity doesn't start in your checking account or your savings account or in your portfolio. Prosperity begins in your soul. It begins in your thinking, your believing, and your talking. You begin to talk blessed. And think blessed. Amen. And plan to do things that blessed people do. Right? Expect to increase. Amen. Expect to be rich. And expect your kids to be richer than you. And their kids to be richer than them. Rich. Rich. God is not opposed to his children being rich. He's opposed to us being selfish. And covetous. And greedy. That's bad. Rich is good. Greedy is bad. 
A lot of folk can't distinguish between the two. You don't have to be covetous to be rich. So we have begun now for several weeks talking about this subject. We're calling it prosperity proven. We're not just taking one verse or a couple of verses and saying this is why we believe this. Man, we've spent weeks and weeks and we've gone over scripture. How many have got lots of scripture if you've been taking notes? I mean lots of scripture that's saying the same thing. That the Lord's plan for us, his desire for us, his will for us, is for us to prosper. Uh, Yes, spiritually, but also materially and financially for us to be blessed. And so uh, we call it prosperity proven. And we have studied the names of the Lord and what that reveals. We've studied what the patriarchs knew of God. What kind of God did Abraham know and Isaac and and Jacob and, and Joseph and Moses. They're in heaven right now. Very much alive. And if we could have them testify for us at Faith Life Church in Branson on a Friday night, what would they tell us? Would they tell us sometimes God wants you broke? Would they tell us sometimes it's the will of God for people to struggle financially and that's how God teaches his children? Is that what they experienced? They knew a God who blessed them and made them rich, rich beyond what they ever expected. That's what they knew. How many believe God never changes? Does not change. So let's go back again. To this thought that we left with last Friday night, we got real excited. Do you remember? Oh, that's weak. I said, said, you know, we got excited. You don't remember? We got excited about having a covenant of blessing. We asked the question, do we have a covenant with God that includes material prosperity? And boy, we saw scripture after scripture. We saw situation after situation. So I want us to look at some scripture again and just establish this. I think we need another real strong dose of this. Real strong. Amen. Because, uh, you know, you and I get excited about this. But you realize there are millions and millions and millions of Christians who don't believe what we believe about this. They don't believe this. And so it must not just be a matter of my opinion or your opinion or what we think. This must be proven. Right? Not just in one verse, but in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Like the scripture said, let every word be established. And if this is really Bible truth, you'll find it all the way through the Bible. Not just one or two isolated instances. So go with me please to Galatians, the third chapter. And let's remind ourselves about the covenant. About what it is. But what it includes, what it does not, and whose it is. Galatians chapter 3. Have you turned there? Now, if you get happy tonight, that's fine. If you want to say praise the Lord, that's great. Real excited? That's just as it should be. That is evidence that you believe it. There's no way. You can be fully persuaded and believe the word of God and stay depressed. (laughs) Cannot happen. Cannot be. So, get ready to get excited. Galatians chapter 3. Thank you, Master. In Galatians 3, I want to read more than one scripture here. In Galatians 3, we're going to begin in verse 6. Before we do, let's pray. Release our faith. Don't just look at me and I won't just look at you. Let's believe to hear from the Lord tonight. Amen. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness and goodness to us. Thank you for this great comfortable facility. Thank you for the freedom we have and our prosperity. Thank you that all the bills are paid. Everything's in good shape. Thank you for our church family here that we have one another and love each other and help each other. Thank you for your holy word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Teach us, enlighten us, strengthen us, quicken us tonight. Help us to receive, grow and develop. Show us things we haven't seen. Remind us of things you've already shown us. Show us how to act on it. 
And we'll not be hearers only, but by your grace we purpose to put it into practice and to be doers of the word. For that's the people whose lives are changed. To your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Galatians 3 and verse 6. 3, 6. He said, even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Who is that? Huh? I don't see response. I had a lot of folks just kind of looking at me like. That's us. Answer is me. Who are the children of Abraham? We are. Why? Because we are those who are of faith. Now he reiterates that it becomes plainer the further you go. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Now before we go further, have you read the Bible enough to know that there are many scriptures that talk about the descendants of Abraham and the seed of Abraham? Well, all of those scriptures apply to who? It applies to the children of Abraham. Who are those folk? You is one. Right? Right? Everybody clear on that? I am one. And uh, he goes on to say, The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, you were one of them too. Heathen. But no longer. Through faith... Preach before the gospel the good news unto Abraham, saying, In you shall all nations be blessed. Now we took time weeks ago. We looked in Genesis 12. And also you'll see it in 15 and in 17. Where he talks about the blessing. He called Abram out of his father's house. He told him, you go into a place where I'm going to show you. And he said, I am going to bless you. And you're going to be a blessing. Amen. And he went on, there's more detail that goes with it. But that is the essence of the blessing of Abraham, that we have been blessed of God. The very next chapter says he was very rich. Right? So it's not just spiritual, it's spiritual and natural. See, a lot of folks try to say, well, it's spiritual, Brother Keith. Sure it is, but not just. It's also natural. It was natural with Abraham. Wonder if God knew what he was talking about. Wonder if he did it right. He didn't bless him naturally by accident. Right? Right? And it was only supposed to be spiritual. Right? Right? Did the Lord know what he was doing yes, sir. when he blessed Abraham spiritually yes. and naturally? Yes. Then it's these modern people who are confused, yes. right? Yes. Not God. Yes. And the blessing is spiritual. Yes. And it is also natural, yes. right? Yes. If you're blessed of God, should people be able to see it yes. in this realm? Yes. First and foremost, they should be able to see it in your eyes. They should be able to see it in your joy. They should be able to see it in your peace and in a victorious life. Amen? But they should also be able to see it in the way you live and how you conduct yourself and the stuff that you have and the things that you can do materially and physically. Amen? You understand this. To so many people, God's not real to them at all. They don't discern spiritual things. That's about all they see is the natural thing. Right? So if there's nothing for them to see naturally, it's not going to wake them up to the fact that there's something more there spiritually. God uses the natural to make people aware of the spiritual. When Jesus walked the earth, he healed people. Right? It was something folks could see of the blessing of God. He fed the multitudes. It's something people could see. He hasn't changed. There's no better way to do it. So he said, keep reading. He said, in you shall all nations be 
blessed, blessed. So then, they which be of faith. Now we've already established who that is. Who is that? That's us. They which be of faith are what? Are blessed with faithful Abraham. That's me. That's you. We're blessed. Say I'm blessed. Now what blessing is this? This is the blessing that God gave to Abraham. It applies to all his children. Which we are one. Right? So would it be correct to say we're just as blessed as Abraham? It is the same blessing. Right? Try that on for size. Say it out loud. I'm just as blessed as Abraham. It's the same blessing. See, that's what it says. His blessing is ours. Belongs to all his descendants. Now I'm going somewhere. Can you stay with me tonight? Don't sleep. You might miss something. Verse 13. Skip on down. Oh, hallelujah. Christ, the anointed one, has, not going to do it someday, has already done it, hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, most folk that read that, it doesn't mean that much to them because they don't even know what it is. They don't know what the curse of the law is. So they don't know what they've been set free from. And the devil loves that. Because he's a lawbreaker. Right? He's a lawbreaker. What he's doing in the earth, he's not doing because he has a, a moral right to do it. He's a lawbreaker. He's a killer. He's a liar. He's a thief. And the Christians that he is holding in bondage and, and stripping and killing and robbing and destroying, he's not doing that because that's the will of God. He's doing that because people don't know what's theirs. They don't know what belongs to them. They don't know what they've been redeemed of. A beautiful picture of this is over in the book of Acts. The apostle Paul had been preaching. And as usual, when he got to town and preached, he had revival and riots. There were people that paid their own way to follow him around city to city and cause him trouble. Now, you've got to be inspired by the devil to spend your money to follow a preacher around and cause him trouble. And there's a lot of them that did. Well, at this particular juncture, the Romans had got involved. And they took him into custody. And he's in jail. And they're going to examine him. By scourging. Now, this is what happened to Jesus. People died from that alone. What they're going to do is they're going to torture him. They're going to ask him questions and torture him. And ask him questions and torture him. They stripped off his clothes. You read this in the book of Acts sometime. It's right there. They stripped off his clothes. They tied him to the whipping post. This is the apostle Paul. And they're getting ready. I guess they got some big brute not far from him. With this... Weapon to lacerate him. He's about to get beat. He's about to get scourged. And he turns his head around. And he says. Hey. Is it lawful. For you to scourge. A Roman. Who's not condemned. Now when he said that. The guy said. Huh. You a Roman. And he went back and told the guy that was over him. He said. This guy's a Roman. You better watch what you're doing. And he came up and he said, of course, Paul's still tied to the pole. You know, he said, tell me, are you a Roman? I'm sure he was glad he could say, yeah. (laughs) Yes, yes, and yes. I'm a Roman. And when he said that, the guy said, oh, oh, excuse us. (laughs) Untied him, gave him his shirt back. Brought him back inside, offered him some fruit to eat, <laughs> and said, uh, sorry, Mr. Paul, now you're not going to say anything about this to the officials, are you? I mean, cause we didn't know. We didn't know how much difference it makes when somebody knows who they are and they know what rights they have. 
See what's been happening with Christians for centuries. They he's been beating people crazy and killing them and destroying them and stripping them and scourging, robbing from and people just take it and go, well, whatever the Lord's will is. Hmm? Oh, but when somebody knows to speak up and say, hey, hey, hey. Now I'm a child of God. I'm of the seed of Abraham. I'm the blessed of the Almighty. I've been redeemed from this. And you resist the devil. What did the Bible say happens after that? He will flee. Oh, glory to God. From you. And you don't get destroyed. But it's no wonder why so much bad stuff is happening to the people of God. I guarantee you there are people all over this place, all over this city, all over this county, all over this state. You could go to them. They're Christians. They love God. But you'd say, what is the curse of the law? They'd go, I guess that's some of that Old Testament stuff. I don't know, you know. Well, it's not Old Testament stuff. Galatians is right here in the New Testament. Am I correct? Yes, sir. Well, if you don't know what you've been redeemed from, if you don't know what you don't have to have, then you're going to put up with stuff that you don't have to have. Right. If you don't know what belongs to you, you're not going to enjoy what belongs to you. So we're going to camp on some tonight. <laughs> what have I been redeemed from? Amen. What belongs to me? How many will confess, I am a child of Abraham. I am a child of faith. I am in the anointed one. Well, that means you got rights. I said, you got rights. Big part of these rights, you have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Why? Christ took our place. He became a curse For us, verse 13, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. And he did. And he was. So we are redeemed. (laughs) Yeah. Said out loud, no more curse for me. me. See, he took the curse. Why? He didn't deserve it. He had never sinned. Why did he take the curse? So I wouldn't have to. So you wouldn't have to. Right? He took the curse. Why? Verse 14 tells you why. Why? So that, I'm reading the New Testament, right? That the blessing. If I get too excited to talk, y'all just praise God while I calm down. So that the blessing. We know something about this, don't we? We've been talking about this for weeks. The blessing. Not just a blessing. Specific. The blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. That's us. That's us. Our name is all through here. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now why did he give us the Holy Spirit? Numerous reasons. But among other things. He gave us the Holy Ghost. That we might know. Hold your place there. Back up to 1 Corinthians 2. I could quote it. But I want you to look at it. Hold your place in Galatians 3 please. Go back to 1 Corinthians 2. Y'all believe in God with me tonight, right? The Lord's helping us. He's taking us somewhere. 1 Corinthians 2. Verse 12. 1 Corinthians 2, 12. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Why? A lot of Christians will tell you all kind of things. Huh? Well, so we could live free from sin. Well, he'll help you with that. But what does the Bible say? That we might know the things 
that are freely given to us of God. One of the big parts of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to cause us to find out and understand everything that belongs to us. Because it's a lot. I said it's a lot. (laughs) Freedom belongs to us. Cleansing belongs to us. Righteousness belongs to us. Holiness belongs to us. Power belongs to us. Healing belongs to us. Long life belongs to us. And prosperity too. If Abraham got it through the blessing, it's the same blessing. It belongs to me too. (laughs) Glory to God. Let me relax just a little bit here. Keep reading. Verse 15, brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's, what? Covenant. Now we're talking about covenant. Yet if it be confirmed, no man disannuls or adds thereto. I'm back in Galatians, in case you didn't know. (laughs) Galatians 3.15. Though it be but a man's covenant, if it be confirmed, no man disannuls or adds thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. And he said not to seeds as of many, but as of one and to thy seed, which is Christ. This I say then that the covenant... That was confirmed before of God in Christ. The law which was 430 years after. Cannot disannul that it should make the promise of non-effect. For if the inheritance be of the law. It's no more of promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. This is not just a part of the law. It was before the law. Amen. And it persists during the law and after the law into eternity. The blessing is ours. Hallelujah. 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 So, well, I thought it said that the promise was to Christ. It is. Well, then how can it be to us? We're in Him. Amen. He didn't take the curse for Himself. He didn't need to try to get the blessing. Did you hear me? He did it all for us. So that he sums it up down at the end in verse 29. Verse 29. And if you be Christ. This is the third time he said this. If you be Christ. How many say I am? Are you? Are you the Lord's? Are you in him? If you be Christ's. Then are you Abraham's seed, and therefore you are heirs, which means inheritors, according to the promise. The promise. What was the promise? I will bless you. Amen. And you will be a blessing. And in you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. See, that applies to every one of us in a measure. We are to be so blessed that people all around about us are blessed. Right? Both spiritually and naturally. So blessed that everybody around us is blessed. Amen? You are to be so blessed, everybody lives around you is blessed some way or another because you live there. Amen? You ought to be so blessed. All your friends, everybody you work with on the job are blessed. Listen, friend, get this in your heart now. Do not be willing to stay broke. If you're broke, don't be condemned. Just don't be willing to stay there. Right? 
And I mean believe God to bless you until you come up and you come up till you look around and there's people wearing your clothes and there's people driving your cars and there's people living in houses you help pay off. Amen. There's people eating on your money. There's churches and ministries and missionaries that's doing stuff on the money God gave you. Amen. There's TV broadcasts. There's books being underwritten through money that God gave you. Don't be satisfied till you see these kind of things. Amen. You look around this church and see people that you bought clothes for. Amen. Look around this church and see people you helped them get a car. Amen. Or you helped pay off their house or something, whatever. You helped them out in a time of need. Helped them pay a hospital bill. or Whatever it is. Well, you've got to have money to do that. You've got to be blessed above your basic survival needs to do stuff like this. Have you already been blessed? Does the blessing belong to you? Yes, 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 yes. I am blessed. Now, let's go back to Deuteronomy, please. Deuteronomy. And we're going to look at the, uh, the blessing that we have been given. And we're going to look at the curse that we've been redeemed and delivered from. But first, let's look at the 23rd chapter of Deuteronomy. I tell you that Galatians 3 is some shouting ground in there, boy. Hmm? If you don't see it, don't just take our word for it or think we're overly excited. You keep reading it. And after a while, it's going to dawn on you why the rest of us are excited. Just stay after it. Just keep reading it. Keep looking at it. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. That, the blessing of Abraham, might come on the Gentiles. We might receive the promise of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In Deuteronomy 23, Deuteronomy 23, I want you to notice how this works out because it all goes together. In 23 and verse 5, this is another way of saying what you read in Galatians 3. Deuteronomy 23, 5, are you there? Nevertheless, the Lord your God would not hearken to Balaam, but the Lord your God Turned the curse into a blessing to you because the Lord your God loved you. Mm -mm. He turned my curse into a blessing. Hallelujah. Now, if you keep reading through here, you'll see that he's talking about offerings. Several places throughout this 23rd chapter, offerings, offerings. In the 24th chapter, in verse 19, he's continuing to give them instructions. The latter part of the verse says that the Lord your God may what? Bless you in all the work of your hands. And you get down, you keep reading, you get down to chapter 26. Chapter 26, the entire chapter is devoted to first fruits, offerings, and tithing. The whole thing. He gives them instructions about when God, you get into the place and the land where God's leading you, Canaan's land, the land that flows with milk and honey. He said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to increase you. I'm going to multiply your crops and your herds and your flocks and everything you got. He said, when you get there, the crops come in. In other words, you get paid. First thing you do, you take the first fruits of that crop and you bring it before me in the house of the Lord. You take the tithes and you put the tithes where I tell you. Now, all of this is leading up to chapter 27 and 28, obviously. Can you see that? He said at the end of the great tithing chapter here, if you've never read this, you ought to read this very carefully in chapter 26. You'll find it's not just about Putting a check in something for 10%. Tithing is more than a check. It's something you do with your heart. It's honoring God. It's worship. 
And he said they were going to do that. And the Lord would commit it to them in verse 17, this is Deuteronomy 16, 17, through bringing these offerings and through um, doing these things with all their heart and soul. He said, you've avouched, Deuteronomy 26, 17, you've avouched the Lord this day to be your God and to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, to hearken to his voice. And the Lord has avouched you this day to be his peculiar people as he promised you that you should keep all his commandments and to make you high above all nations which he has made in praise, in name, in honor, that you may be a holy people to the Lord your God as he has spoken. Are there two sides to this thing? I mean, how many times do you see that language? You do this, and I'm going to do this. Right? What if you don't do that? You don't get the other. And you understand, this is at the end of a whole chapter on tithing and first fruits. Now, when the Lord leads me, I'm going to take some time, and we're going to teach on the subject of tithing. I haven't really done it yet, but we're going to do it. Amen? And we're going to talk about tithing, we're going to talk about first fruits, we're going to talk about offerings, because there's a lot more revelation and understanding for us to have. Amen. And again, I was stirred up today because the Lord reminded me, a lot of times people just skip to the 28th chapter of Deuteronomy, don't they? And they say, well, you're blessed when you go out, you're blessed when you come in, you're blessed when you back. Well, you don't just skip these previous chapters, right? That is contingent. On you doing what he told you to do. Right? And a bunch of this deals with offerings and tithes and first fruits and obeying God. Do you see that? I saw that clearer today than I've seen it. The Lord reminded me. And so uh, he builds up to this. And he says, you do what I'm telling you to do here. And he'd already given them chapters of instruction on offerings and gifts and obeying and living clean and living holy apart from defilement of the world and these kind of things. And he said, you do that and I'm committing to you. I'm going to bless you more than any other country, any other nation in the world. I'm going to bring you up. Amen. And then we come to chapter 27. And they bring the writing of the law and they set up one group on one mountain and set up another group on the other. And they pronounce the curses and the blessings of the law. Chapter 28, let's read it. A lot of you know it, but let's read it like we haven't seen it before because there are things here we have not seen before. Chapter 28, and it shall come to pass if... You will hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God to observe and do all his commandments which I command thee this day. Now we don't just stop right there. You should know what he told us. Right? Now like we've already said, it's summed up in the New Testament. In the New Testament, it's not a matter of keeping the Ten Commandments. It's not a matter of keeping all the statutes and ordinances. It's all summed up in walking by faith. And walking in love. We could take time and show you numerous scriptures in the New Testament that talk about it. Even use that kind of language. It's fulfilled in these things. But how many understand, if you follow the leading of the Lord all night and all day, and you walk in faith all the time, and you walk in love all the time, you're not going to lie on anybody. You're not going to commit adultery. Right? You're not going to covet somebody's stuff. You will fulfill all of this if you do that. But then that qualifies you. Amen. Amen. To be enjoy freedom from all the curse and enjoy the full benefits of the blessing. He begins to describe some of it here. This is what belongs to us because Christ became a curse for us. So that this blessing would come on us. It will come to pass if you will hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God. Verse 2. What's going to happen? What's that? You like that at all? Help me out now. All these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. You ever been run over by a blessing? It doesn't hurt. You feel better. I mean, people come by to check on you and you just can't quit smiling. They go, what happened? Man, I got run over. A bunch of blessings just overtook me. They just, God had just run over me with the blessing truck. Didn't the psalmist say, 
Blessed be the Lord God who daily loadeth us with benefits. They'll overtake you. And how many remember this is New Testament? Matthew 6.33. Right? Seek ye first. Right? The kingdom of God and his righteousness and what? All these things are what? Shall be added. That's not you chasing them. Right? That's not you working and striving and trying to get them. That's the Lord adding them to you. They will come on you and they will overtake you. You don't have to chase the stuff. It'll find you. If, 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 big if, big if, if you're putting God absolutely first in your life. If you're seeking his plan for your life and his stuff first above all else. My, my, my. It, you know, it sounds self-serving for pastors and ministers to talk like this. But you got to put church first. You got to put the things of God first. I cringe when I see people that don't do it. And it's not because we're not going to uh, have enough money. We're not going to have enough workers. We will. We'll have plenty. Somebody else will step up and do it. But you feel for people because so many Christians, they don't have time for church. They don't have time to get involved because they're so busy with their families. They're so busy with their kids. They're so busy with their business and all that kind of stuff. And they keep thinking, well, as soon as I get some of this stuff taken care of, well, then I'm going to really get in there and church and serve God. No, you're not because you're not going to get through. You're violating the principles of the word of God. You don't have the Lord's help to get through. It'll always be something. Did you hear me now? The devil will see to it that there will always be something going on so that you can't. No, it doesn't work that way. You've got to put God first and say, I don't care what else I have to rearrange or reschedule or cut out or quit. I'm going to take care of the Lord's business. We will do that. If nothing else gets done, we will do that. And friend, when you start doing that, oh my, my, the blessing begins to manifest. I've seen it. How many times we've done it in our life? You thought, well, how can I do this? I can't do that and do what the Lord's got. And you just have to forget it and leave it alone. And while you were gone working for the Lord, it got taken care of. It was added to you. You quit running after the new car. You quit daydreaming night and day about the new house. You quit thinking about the promotion and that's all you think about. You quit thinking about, you know, 90% of the time thinking about how I can build my business and how I can develop. That's not doing that. But when you put him first and you're using the bulk of your energies and your thoughts and your time and your resources to find his plan and do his will and take care of his stuff, here comes the addition. Here come, uh uh-uh, what's that right behind me? That's the blessing truck. Oh, oh, he just ran over me. He overtook me. I didn't know it'd be here today. Uh Uh-uh. Look who there. There it is. I was busy working for God. And there's the blessing truck. Right? (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. (laughs) <laughs> you remember that, won't you? All these, let me read some other translations too. That's why I got this great big book here. It says, and the following blessings will come on you and take effect. The blessings will take effect. Hallelujah. Blessed shall you be in the city. So anytime you find yourself in a city, what should that remind you of? <laughs> I'm blessed in here. Look, I just pulled into Dallas. I'm blessed. Look, I just pulled into San Francisco. I'm blessed. Look, I just pulled into Seattle. I'm blessed. And then when you're leaving the city limits and you get out in the country, what happens then? (laughs) Then you can say, oh, I'm out of town. So I'm blessed. I'm out. This is definitely the country. I'm out in the country. So I am blessed. Amen. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body. Now, what's that? Fruit of your body. What would that be? That's your children. Are your children blessed? And the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your kind and the flocks of your sheep. What does that mean? This was their wealth. 
wealth. This was their livelihood and this was their business. Is the blessing on your business? Boy, you ought to speak it over your place of work, over your stuff, everything that you do. This is a blessed business. Don't beg God night and day to bless your business. Believe what he told you. Amen. Believe it's blessed. Call it blessed. Expect it to come. Amen. Talk this way night and day. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I tell you what, my business makes more money accidentally than a lot of people's does trying hard on purpose. Right? I'm so blessed. I mean, if you are looking at an empty calendar, you got no work, you got no contracts. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. You look at that and you say, man, I got more business than I know what to do with. Because I'm so blessed. People are calling me right and left. I have so much business that I just have to be led as to what I can take because I can't get to it all. Huh? So, well, now, Brother Keith, you don't. How would you know? You're a preacher. People just come hand you money. <laughs> there was a time when absolutely nobody knew who Keith Moore was. Not too many people know now. But I mean, there was a time when nobody knew. And there were no invitations. None. No calls. Did you hear me? I was fresh out of the first year of school. And uh, the Lord began to deal with me. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Even had a few people got concerned about me. Because I didn't just jump back into another profession. And I'm building and I'm believing. And they said, well, you know, what are you doing? You mean he doesn't have a job? Yeah, I got a job. Just no meetings. (laughs) He doesn't have a job? Yeah, I got a call and I, you know, and uh, I prepared and somebody asked me one time, I said, what are you doing? I said, well, there are no shortage of places to go to. There are no shortage of people to minister to. There's no shortage of people. There's a world full of people who need to be ministered to desperately. There is a shortage of people who's got something to say when they get there. So I'm getting something to say. And I mean, I read and prayed, and then I prayed and read. Then I read some more, and I read and read and prayed, and then I prayed, and then I read. And I read and read and prayed. Then I prayed some more. Then I read, I'm talking about the Bible. I read the Bible, and read and read and read. Then I prayed, and I prayed and prayed. Then I read. You know what I did next? I prayed, and I read, and I prayed. And I told Phyllis one day, I mean, there were no calls. There was nothing. I said, you watch it. A time will come and it won't be long till we'll have so many invitations. We can't get to them all. Same principle. Right? There's no difference whether you're a preacher or uh, whether you work on transmissions. No difference. Did you hear me? We live by faith. You got to talk that way. You don't throw your fist on the table and go, well, this ain't working. I thought the Lord told me to do this, but nothing's happening. Well, not with faith like that. Did you hear me? You stay with what the Lord told you to do. You believe it to break. You believe it to change. You speak over your logs. You speak over your customer list. You speak over your order list. You speak over your sales list. Did you hear me? And when it doesn't look like it, but you say, man, I got more business coming in than I know what to do with. I'm going to have to pick and choose. You say it when there's nothing in front of you. And you get ready. I said, you get ready. Faith gets ready. You don't just lay around the couch and do nothing. You get ready. Faith is not lazy. Faith does not just lay on the couch and drink iced tea and make confessions. Did you hear me? Faith without works is dead. No, no, no. You get ready. Whatever you feel like the Lord's called you to do, He called me to preach. So if you're going to preach, you need something to say. Where are you going to get it? In the Bible and praying. Right? So what did I do? I read and then I prayed. And then I prayed some more. Prayed and prayed. Then I read. And I read some more. Am I telling the truth, Phyllis? I'm not talking about a week or two. I'm talking about month after month after month. But then when the calls begin to come, I was ready. The Lord helped me. Amen. 
And you begin to grow. You don't start off, you know, as strong as you wind up, but you start and you grow, whatever it is. If the Lord's dealt with you, engineering, software, uh, medical, whatever it is, get good at it. Practice. Amen. Focus. Study. Excel in that area. Get ready for the success that you know is coming to you. Amen. Amen. Then as it comes, you'll be ready. It'll overtake you. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. It's the blessing truck. (laughs) The blessing semi. Yeah. I'm not talking about a Bob truck. I'm talking about 18-wheeler. Double trailer. You seen those? Yeah. Glory to God. Keep reading. Blessed, blessed in the city. Blessed in the field, in the country. Fruit of your body. Fruit of your ground. Your cows. Your goats. Your sheep. All your stuff. Verse 5. Blessed shall you be in your basket. And your store. Now what is that? You know what's comparable to a basket today? Checking account. That's right. You know what's comparable to your store? Savings account. This would also include investments of numerous kinds. Right? Wherever the Lord leads you to invest. Now you don't save for a rainy day. Did you hear me? No, no. You save for a glorious future. Right? And whatever the Lord will lead you to. He might deal with you to pull it all out and give it away. Right? Whatever he says to do. But you invest. And you give him something to bless both in your current, like a checking account, and your current operational stuff. But you also have store places and store stuff for him to bless. And the Bible says it's blessed. Right? Are you there? Someone said, Brother Keith, I ain't got anything to put in a checking account. But you're not going to stay that way. Right? So you should be happy tonight that you're thinking about your storage places. Glory. And before too long, you could say, you know, I got money in that bank. And I got money in that bank over there. And I got some money in that bank over there, too. Y'all are not excited enough about this. Y'all looking at me like I'm just talking, wishful thinking, like I'm just, huh? I'm talking about you. You. Multiple storage places. And it's all blessed. That means it's increasing. It's multiplying. Right? Blessed. Verse 6. Blessed shall you be when you come in. And blessed shall you be when you go out. Another one says, blessed in your journey and blessed in your coming home. Now, you know, you are usually, well, I guess virtually all the time, you're either coming or going. Right? (laughs) So when you're going, tell me. Does that mean anything? What does that mean? To most folk, it means nothing. We looked it up. The literal Hebrew rendering is endued or empowered to succeed. You got power to be a success. There's power, there's anointing, there's grace in you and on you every time you go out. And every time you come in. Right? Now why are we talking about this? Because faith comes by hearing. Why do you see some people amazingly blessed and others just bump along all their life? Because some folk believe this and many do not. And we're going to keep preaching it. We're going to keep talking about it until everybody in here just smiles from ear to ear because they are so convinced I am blessed. I'm blessed. When I walk in the church, I'm blessed. When I leave the church, I'm blessed. I walk out of my bedroom, I'm blessed. I walk into the kitchen, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. My checking accounts are blessed. My savings accounts are blessed. All my investments are blessed. My kids are blessed. All my business stuff is blessed. Blessed. What does it mean? Endued, empowered to succeed. Can't fail. Because I'm anointed to succeed. Amen. The only way I could fail is to break off from God. 
get away from him, try to go my own way and be disobedient. Long as I stay with him, he always causes me to triumph. I am anointed. I am destined to win and overcome and succeed. If we really believe this, it would be hard to sleep. Are you and I really anointed, destined, appointed to succeed and be victorious? Yes. It's our destiny. We're not destined to fail. We're blessed to success. Blessed will you be when you come in and blessed you'll be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten before your face. Now that's not good for your enemies. This is a part of the original blessing of Abraham. He said, them that bless you will be blessed. Those that curse you will be cursed. So uh, folks shouldn't mess with us. <laughs> they really shouldn't. You know, one of the worst things, one of the worst things that a person could do is hurt a child of God. But in particular, be successful in genuinely hurting or restricting or limiting a real ministry of God. Now, friend, somebody's going to have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ or the great white throne, whichever it is, and answer for that. Did you hear me? Somebody that really is effective in preventing people from getting the gospel, uh, shutting down and hindering and restricting a real church or a real ministry that's working for God, that's serious business. Those people, the Bible tells them that the curse is coming to them. It's committed to them and judgment. Aren't you glad that's not you? You're not going to hurt any churches, right? Or any ministries or any children of God. Right? No. That's why even though it looks like somebody messed up or did something stupid or whatever, it just pays to just keep your mouth shut. Because you don't know the whole story and you say, well, hey, that's between them and the Lord. I'm praying for them. I hope they do good. I hope they get straightened out. Right? Lest you say something inadvertently. Without meaning to, because the Bible says we'll give an account for those idle words like that. We're blessed. What do blessed people do? They bless others, right? With their words and their stuff. The Lord is going to cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten before your face. They'll come out against you one way, and they will flee before you seven ways. That means they're scattered. The Lord shall command the blessing on you in your storehouses. How many think something happens when the Lord commands? What did he command? The blessing. Does this belong to you now? Are we just reading something in the Old Testament that's irrelevant? No, the Lord told us. We're redeemed from the curse. Hadn't got to that yet. It comes later in the chapter. But we've been given the blessing. The Lord's commanded the blessing on us in our storehouses. And in all that you set your hand to. Everything you undertake, one translation says, He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Glory. The Lord will establish you a holy people to himself as he's sworn. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. If. And all the people of the earth will see that you're called by the name of the Lord. And they'll be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you plenteous in stuff. Don't, you can't hyper-spiritualize this. This is stuff. Right? Goods. What's that? That's not revelation. That's not anointing. That's not wisdom. It's stuff. Stuff. Everybody say stuff. Does God want you to have stuff? Lots of stuff. 
Right? You can give it away. You can enjoy some of it. Amen? Stuff. Plenteous. Plenty of stuff. Plenteous in goods. One says, the Lord will make you overabundant. And in the fruit of your body and your cattle and the fruit of your ground, in the land which the Lord swear to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open unto you his good treasure, the heaven, to give the rain and the land in your season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend unto many nations and you shall not borrow. The Lord told us that by the Spirit not long ago. He was taking us from owing to owning. You can't lend out stuff that you don't own. Right? Isn't that what he's talking about? Taking you from the place of owing. Getting you to the place where you don't need to borrow. Did you hear me? You don't have to go pay for the privilege of using somebody else's money. You got your own. Well, I got five people that like this besides me. It costs to use other people's money. Have you found that out? Why would you go borrow the money? Because you don't have it. And you pay dearly for the privilege of using their money. But here's something that a lot of Christians in this uh, room have not had much experience in. But we're going to find out something about it. You've paid interest for decades. And lots of it. There are people who get interest. Who receive, who are paid interest. Did you know that? There are people who get checks on a regular basis. Did you hear me? Instead of paying it out, they're getting paid. God's going to show us about that. There's people in this room tonight. You've never had that. You've never experienced that. And I'm not talking about loaning to your Christian brother on interest. There's other scriptures that talk about that. I'm just talking about in the market. Right? Money markets and investments and things like that. Instead of you paying interest, they'll be paying you. All your money will still be there. And yet here's a check for the privilege of using your money. You've never done that before, but there's people in this place who are going to experience that. You're going to find out about that. And you, instead of borrowing, you will be able to lend. I didn't make this up. I'm reading the Bible. Right? You will lend unto many nations and you shall not borrow. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you shall be above only. And you shall not be beneath. Another translation said, you will always be on top. And never underneath. Another one said, you will always be rising, never falling. Glory to God. Another one said, you'll always be moving up higher and never lower down. We're not going back. We're not going down. We're going up. Right? We're going up. We're going higher. We're going better in every good thing. Every good thing. Stand up on your feet. Say it out loud, higher. Glory to God. Higher. Higher. He said, I'm going to make you the head. There's some folk in this room. And there's some people that listen to these tapes as well. You've never been the head of anything. You've always been under somebody else. You've always worked for somebody else, always serviced somebody else's, but he's going to give you your own. If you're faithful in that which is another man's, the Lord said he'd give you your own. Headship is going to be experienced. By some people in this room and listening to these tapes. Hallelujah. They never experienced it. It's going to be a new sensation. They'll have to make adjustments all along. They'll go, now hold on. I don't have to do that. I'm the boss. 
Yeah, right. I believe I'll just sit here another minute then. Yeah, I am the boss. You used to doing other things, and then you think, well, now hold on. I'm the head of this thing. I can do it the way I think it should be done. Glory to God. Some people in this room are going to experience some of that. People listening to tapes. Glory to God. Just close your eyes and lift up your heart before the Lord. Begin to thank Him for what He's done. Begin to thank the Master that He took the curse and redeemed us from it and has left us with the blessing. The blessing. The blessing. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.